Podcast. I'm Ryan Castle, and it is showtime. Greatest song ever made. Of all time? All time. I mean, it's up there for me because I have such fond personal memories of it. And I think you're the first one to introduce it to me, so I I will thank you for that. I thank you for the callback. Absolutely. This song, for many years, to me, represented it is the end of our work day and or night at the Shark's Cove. (laughs) So we can finally close this bitch down and get some damn sleep. Oh, man. That's so funny. This song means if I had a biography done about my California living, this song would be be played throughout. Would it be the opening credits? Like this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's a great opening credit song. You actually. know what it would be? It would like be I, a... I'm seeing like names just yeah. as, as like there's just a landscape. I would, like it would have to go full circle. It'd be it'd be the bookend. It would go open, and it would probably and then you bring it back to the end. I love it when movies do that. Yeah, it might even be the title. This must be the place. I think that would work pretty much across the board for any movie. And we're on a bus stop this afternoon here. That's in right. South we decided <laughs> episode seven was going to take place from the bus stop around the corner of 26 and Hermos Ave. Uh, let's exciting. call back that in a minute because I love that bus stop to be honest with you I, it really, is. I actually really do have you used it multiple times never got on a bus I just like sitting yeah. there it's just a nice bench to Forrest Gump it Sunday afternoons with a cold pack of twisted teas I'm surprised I never see you out there with it <laughs> Creeping from your upstairs perch. At this point, I should probably uh, let everybody in on who my guest co-host of the seventh edition of the Three Things We Gotta Talk About podcast, which you've, of course, now arrived to. Welcome back once again. My man, Jay Miller. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Of course. Who uh, was, for many years, my co-bartender over at the Shark's Cove, lovely establishment in Manhattan Beach. Which no longer there. Just First time recently we- closed down. God. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we had our fantasy draft there, our ex-Cove League members fantasy draft just a week before it happened because uh, I didn't even realize it was going to be demolished like a, the ne- a week to the day. So, Am I the only one on the ex-Cove League that wasn't fired? No, Nick wasn't fired. Um, Todd was fired, but... Yeah, way to bring up negative... <laughs> References to everybody that's Brian, part of the league. We, we all have such fond Corey memories was fired. of it. Alexis was fired. Yeah, I think so. I was I was loosely. I think yeah. Courtney just stopped showing up. <laughs> I I like to think it was a mutual parting of ways on my behalf, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of how it went down. But either way, we're all better friends as a result, and we still have a good relationship with the now non-existent bar as a result. Yeah, uh, but. You know, Jay, Randall Jay, which has always been confusing me because, like, your name has is Jay, right? It's my middle name. Okay. Because that's always how I've known you, and yet you're also Randall. Yep. So you basically have two names. I get to live two lives. Yeah. No, it's funny. College was Jay. High school was Jay. Law school was Randall. Okay. Because at that point, I was old enough where I, mean, I didn't care, so they just read off your name like for you to raise your hand to make sure you were there. Yeah. I didn't want to be that guy that was like, actually, it's not it's Randall. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, so I just let it ride, but then I would have these overlaps where I'd run into friends with kids I was going to law school with, and they'd be like, Randall, and my friends would be like, who the hell is Randall? Yeah. Your friends from back in like the Chicago region, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They would call you Randall, right? Uh, a couple do. Okay. Yep. I remember that. Because I used it as an alter ego. Yeah, what's yeah. the... What, what kind of alter ego is Randall? Hmm. Like, what's his strong points? Arrogance. 
can see that. <laughs> that's good. That's a good alter ego form because you don't want to be like arrogance to be like your main characteristic. Right. But you like to be able to tap into that every now and then. Just, when the situation calls for it. Right. When you're playing bags or horse or, you know. Oh, that's a great time for it. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, like, who really gives a shit? Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be really cocky about uh, some kind of competition, like, it's best when it comes out in a game like horseshoes. Yeah. Or badminton. Yeah. You know? Something that doesn't mean shit, but yeah. you can just talk shit. And you're, and you, let's be honest, you're dominating, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you that, work in a bar for 10 years, you learn every bar game and how to master it. Shuffleboard? Yeah. Darts? Darts. I never liked darts because... Dice. Dice. Mm -hmm. We can't master dice. Dice is the thing where you throw it against like a wall. It's like a behind the alley you don't, game Were you not around the when we would play 1-4-24 or over at Hennessy's for Welgin shots? The Welgin Baylor? The Welgin Baylor shot, yeah. that's Hot gin come, with... Oh Tabasco in it. Yeah, okay, that's become the staple of our penalty shot yeah. in the Co League. But I was never much of a dice man, but I never liked darts either because to me growing up, when you're throwing at a dartboard, the object is to hit the bullseye, right? Correct. And well, then, depends on the game. Well, that's what I think. It's like when you would actually play with people, they'd be like, oh, you got to go for that triple 20 target up in the top. And yeah, it's if like, you're playing count him down from 501 or... I didn't whatever. like that. I like being like the bullseye means you're kicking ass and names are being taken and it was a totally different ship once i realized the actual scoring and you know what i got off the darts train and never really got back on also kind of a dangerous game to have at a bar i don't know why they're so free willing well most bars have changed to the plastic you get the traditional bar like your underground that still lets you throw steel that's what and that's, I'm that's blown dangerous away by that's because dangerous. they have a field of dartboards that anybody like i don't know how a lawsuit hasn't happened there it probably has where they're just somebody that happens to be walking by you got a bunch of people with booze in their hands throwing sharp objects at a wall from like a five feet distance it is interesting because most places now don't even give you plastic straws it's weird that they'll give you steel tipped Right. Weapons. <laughs> Here you go, drunk person that just bought a pitcher of Blue Moon. Here's your bucket of sharp objects. That... <laughs> Who wanted the propelled weapons? That's going to cost you an ID. That's all that is. All right, here you go. Here's 25 oh. daggers. So Jay also, uh, not only was he just a, a fantastic member of the Sharks Cove team for a while, he was also the personal assistant to Adam Carolla for many years, what, like 10 years or 13. something? 13. 13 years. Mm -hmm. That he was around. So would you say that a persona that we generally see and hear on, you know, his show that we've all come to know and love, is that kind of who he would be on a daily basis, would you say? Yeah. He's a little more, I hate to say the wrong word, insecure. He's in going right? to hear this, so you're going to want to tread <coughs> lightly here. Yeah, no kidding. Um, no, <laughs> he's an avid listener that they're thinking about talking about. <laughs> he's not like playing a character. He's playing a more confident version of himself. When yeah. he's behind the microphone. He's, he's playing like the arrogant version he, of it. It's he's, like the Randall to your J. Correct. Okay. It's always the in you. It's like but his he, ace. Yes. Yeah. And that's why he calls himself Yes, that. there it is. Okay. Yeah, but um, it was cool. It was 13 years of grueling mental anguish. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> A little just, bit. Just being around yeah. people that are quick-witted and got that comedy bone in them. Yeah. Like anytime you're doing anything, like you could just break out into almost a performance, like yeah. impromptu, it, like yeah. improv, like a riff like, session. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then just like, do you know what you mean? Overhearing, just being on a fly on the wall and watching him and you know a good comic right now that's huge, Joe Coy. Joe would yes. just I hang see. out at the studio and just mm -hmm. the two of them. You or our friend and uh, common Dave Damashek, like they're yes. really good at riffing together and like. Yeah, Damashek, he's like uh, 
he almost feels like Corolla's separated at birth brother because mm-hmm. their whole their they general, sound the same. <laughs> yes, their voice, they're kind of like nasally confident, mm-hmm. comedic tone and, and approach to every single thing they say. As soon as they start talking, you almost want to like just die down the sound. Really, wait, hang on, I gotta hear this. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like they got something good to say. You know, like they both have that element that I I, I love being around for both of them. Yeah, I feel like when you're in tune with a like-minded person, it comes out that way. Like you and I can riff back and forth. We had yes. a fun little riff just across the street a second ago yes without even planning just like you just get into it and like oh yeah what about this and it was too much and i was like hey save it save it yeah but (laughs) but like when you got adam and dave or adam and joe or adam and drew like they were always doing that and it just you get why people enjoy it it's so fun it's almost like fencing you're jousting to see how far can you take it how can you make the other laugh yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's art. It's watching guys it is. like... It's a joust of comedic skill. Yes. The life of a comedian, as I've learned, is a lot of it is just going to these comedy clubs night after night, and they love that. They don't even see it as work, and then they hang out with each other, and they just surround themselves with like-minded people, mm-hmm. and it's just like a great element to be around. So I can definitely see how there's a lot to learn from a guy like that, you know, just by just overhearing him. Well, it brings us to our first question, right? Yes. Jay. Yeah. We got some things we got to talk about. Uh-oh. That means it's time to throw it up to the rundown and get in to thing number one. One, 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 one. Number one. Does other people's laughter hmm. make things more funny? Hmm. So the sound of laughter, does that trigger someone to laugh? Yes. This is, this is bring out like the Okay, let's start with the real basic thought. Like if your eyes were closed and you didn't, know any kind of concept of context of the laughter would somebody laughing trigger you to laugh just by the sound of it it depends on their laugh okay if they have a really good laugh (laughs) then yeah i think so okay it could could definitely make something that i heard more funny like you almost like then once you hear their reaction to it you like play what was just said back in your head like Mm -hmm. wait what when was that well this this now actually first tangent of the of the question now I'm wondering, are sounds funny? So a, of course. A, a funny laugh is funny, but are yeah. there other sounds that are funny? Obviously farts, those are funny. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely sound. Besides it, laughter, like an awkward laugh or a fart, What other, what's another funny sound? Do you want me to start getting into my toolbox of sounds right here? Which is like a, a sound that you, like, you're going to laugh at. Um, let's see. For some reason, I just think of that cartoon doing. Like, you know? Like a cartoon doing. You know, there you go. Yeah, because Not from it's the sound, from the, the idea of you the idea of that doing, doing. Yeah, but like because I can imagine. You know, here's why: it's never expected. Nothing actually makes that sound. So if you're watching a show or something, and they just threw that in there after, like, to make a little accent point, it's just, how do they spell it? It's D O I N G G G G G G G G. It's like doing. It's got a few. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like doing, but I think you know it when you see it. It's like yeah, know, porn. Know. You know it when you see it. Like, you know what doing it is and not doing All right, so back to the laughter making you laugh. I definitely believe there's an essence to it. If you're at a comedy club and a comic is on a roll, everybody's laughing at every hit that he wants. Even if you don't think it was that great, if other people are laughing hard still, I do think it keeps the momentum. Yeah, definitely. So that that was something having done a stint in stand up for a few years. 
one of the things I was taught by some of the other comedians, you know, that were, you know, kind of watching me that... I saw you at the comedy store. Yeah. Whitney right. Cummings was there that night. Whitney Cummings went on right after me. I like to say I opened for her. You know, yeah. it was it was kind of just the uh, the order of how things went. But yeah, technically I opened I for Whitney that. Cummings that night. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> that was one of my favorite performances. And what I learned from some of my comedic friends, like, you know, you're talking about funny things, but you need those punchlines to let people know this is where you laugh. Because when you're doing stand-up, the sound that lets everybody know that this is working mm-hmm. is everybody laughing in unison. Everybody laughs here. Everybody laughs here. If you're just kind of talking about things that are funny, but you're not really giving them the like moment, like mm-hmm. you laugh on this word, it doesn't really come off as success. Even if they're enjoying what you're saying, they're smiling and they're nodding at you like, yes, I know what you're talking about. If they're not all laughing in unison, it doesn't sound like it's going well. And then that laughter becomes contagious. When everybody else is laughing at the comedian on stage, everybody's in the mood to laugh. Right. Cadence to me is everything. Because you can even say something dumb, but if people are used to your rhythm, the the way you deliver, you could just say, fuck yeah. And the crowd would be like, yeah, whoa, Mm -hmm. fuck yeah. Any time I was doing stand-up was like those moments when you felt like the crowd is in your hand, you're milking your punchlines, they're ready for it, they're waiting to explode on them. That was the best feeling I can really recall for anything. Having done stand-up, do you feel as though you look back at high school speech class and you're like, this is just a persuasive speech where... I've landed oh, yeah. some realisms of life where, because that's all it is. You All you want is 51% of the crowd to buy into what you're saying. Yeah. Because if you get majority of the crowd, Absolutely. the rest of the crowd will fall in line when the jokes hit. That's really what stand-up was. It was good presentation. That You see some people that, that don't even necessarily have the greatest punchlines or jokes. Their presentation is there. Like a guy like Norm MacDonald. He doesn't even really say the funniest things. It's just his demeanor, you know? (laughs) Like, it just makes you start laughing in the setup, you know? Mm -hmm. You'd be like, yeah, you ever ever go to, like, you know, the... (laughs) Like, like I'm already laughing. Grocery store? (laughs) I remember when I used to work at the Improv in college, uh, he was there, and he... I didn't realize this until I was working there with him. He just goes completely blazed out of his mind. (laughs) He would smoke out in the green room, which was right next to the stage. That wasn't... Like, you were saying, Carilla wasn't an act, neither was Norm MacDonald. Like, He's just kind of Let me ask spaced you this. out the whole time. His shtick that he made all his, you know, was he just fucking high as fuck? And just, yeah, well, that's what I started thinking. <laughs> like, I was like, I was looking back at his whole career and I was like, just I'm like. I'm just going to get so high That's my whole room, thing. And I'm just going to walk out there and get spaced out and yeah. people will laugh at And then I just kind of stare off at him and just, just talk general banter in my way, you know, like, yeah. And it worked, you know, yeah. It, it makes me laugh. You ever so. talk to your mom on the phone? <laughs> Yeah, right? He, he's the kind of guy who could leave your setup just hanging, yeah. and it almost makes it funny. Yeah. You're like, you don't, you don't have anything yeah. to finish that with? Nah, he, I don't. We, the topic of laughter, creating laughter, we were talking about sitcoms, old sitcoms, yeah. and if could they survive today without a live studio audience? Or would they be better? Maybe. Or without just, even if Seinfeld, like for example, was a live studio audience, what about the shows that, that just made canned laughter? It was just not even a live studio audience. Like a very clear, like the Flint, laugh tracks. Like the Flintstones type of laughter, you know? Yeah, it There's was. plenty so, of shows that had laugh tracks. Where they right, just, laugh they, tracks. They well, that's just, what I mean. Like the Flintstones, obviously, it was a cartoon, so but they, had, they added that laugh track in there, and it was clearly fake and stupid, but. In that same way, a lot of shows, like, like I'll say, like, Growing Pains. Yeah. I haven't watched Growing Pains in about 22 years, but no way everybody was laughing at Kurt Cameron that much no, every time. of course not. And if you would take away the laugh track, 
Those shows are, are sad. They're scary. Actually, you know what they are? They're just soap operas. Well, it, it's less clear exactly when you're supposed to. The, the stupid jokes, those kind of like smarmy, oh. like, oh, well, this is going to be good. You know, a lot of those. Yep. And then uh, if you take the laugh track away, those become very clearly not funny. I saw a video somebody put together once where they had two and a half men, and instead of a laugh track, they replaced it with a groan track. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it was like, they would do this setup, and they were like, oh, this is going to be bad. And they replaced it with just silence. And it made you realize how unfunny a show like that actually really is. Yeah. It plays with their psyche. It does. Everybody's sheep, and we got to tell them when to make their jokes and when the jokes land. Yeah, and that still exists. I've seen two broke girls. Watch that show. No, I can't. I've tried. Try it. It's terrible. Every single joke is, I don't know who they're aimed after. It's stereotypical. Very forced hand spoon-fed jokes you've ever seen. And it's apparently a very successful show on CBS that's been on for many years. And of like, course. And that's why it's funny how subjective comedy is. Where it, it's hard to write jokes. But yeah, definitely. What would you say, especially having done stand-up, who is the better stand-up? The guy who works the crowd and gets the laughs mm-hmm. or the guy who has a canned set that he repeats every seven minutes? Now, there's good jokes in that canned set. But to me, the witty crowd worker who can get laughs with every new crowd even without having a joke that he has to tell but just works a crowd right that's that's more impressive right Uh, having worked at the improv in brea in college i used to see these stand-ups that would be there all week one of the ones who i was most impressed by was a comedian named burt kreischler not even because he was the funniest his set was different every time because he would exclusively play off the crowd. That's a crowd worker. Which I, those people yeah, are incredible. I thought was amazing because it was like, fuck. It's that's like a, right it's a single prop pre-World War. I hired a World War II fighter pilot just to give us a little shake. <laughs> come in right over we the We want water. those organic sounds yeah, pumped in. Like they do for the masters with the chirping sound. birds. And it's a funny crickets. sound. Do they do that? Do they, yeah, pump yeah. they pump in just... <laughs> Bird sounds at the Of course, masters? you think it's perfect? Like yeah, dove would, cooing while he's putting tiger on Why team. wouldn't? What an odd thing to add. I mean, yeah, I've heard it, and I just—it's the sound of golf. But like, what an unnecessary thing to add to a sport. Man, that makes me hate golf even more for some reason. How stupid is that? I'm never watching golf again. I've only watched golf really to take a good nap too, or it, oh, it or the it ended best up that Sunday way. afternoon nap you can have is yeah, golf. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch golf for thrills. Spieth coming up to the green. <laughs> you got an excellent golf voice Thanks. right there. I gotta get real close to the mic. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, how does that not put you to sleep? I know. So uh, you know, sound effects aside, <laughs> golf I was commentary gonna... worst podcast golf. ever. <laughs> And Ryan's attempting to finish the punchline of his previous statement. Is temporarily being derailed his by golf sound effect discussion. Him for no reason. He has actually probably pretty good reason because he's trying to save the podcast. <laughs> Bert uh, Chrysler, that's where I was going. Yeah, he is, it was different every time. And we're back. And we're back. And we're still, <laughs> and we're still <laughs> derailing our conversation with thing number one. That was a little Bill Walton, I think, for you. Bert Chrysler. Bert Chrysler. Uh, no, he changes Bill every time. Brask. <laughs> to Bill Brasky. Hey, here's the Bill. <laughs> Bert Chrysler. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about Bert anymore. All right. 
I'm over him. <laughs> and before we go to question two, this uh, this live read comes to you from. Oh, I don't have it here. Do you have it? The uh, the copy. The ad copy. Yeah, you don't. It turns out, having done only six episodes, oh. I have yet to get a sponsor oh, read. Well, oh, but if you want to go ahead and talk to your people in the industry and let them know that this little engine is cutting over here, <laughs> you know, just kind of pushing its way. But you know, that's one of the good things that I got going as a new podcast is hey, no ad reads, everybody. Because yeah, we nice. all hate when our favorite podcasts go to the ad read and we don't want to. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Angry Orchard oh, Hard Cider. Which it's the original brand blend, crisp apple. I actually, I tore up my label at, mm. just out of habit. I don't know what mm. mine is anymore, but it was pretty good. And so, if we were to answer the question, I think the answer was yeah. Other people's laughter definitely helps. It helps. I uh, I've, I don't I've, think it causes. I think it it, it it aids. Aids. How many times do you watch something in your room by yourself, and something makes you laugh, and it might be hysterical, and you're audibly your reaction is like, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> You know, that's about it. Maybe yeah. not it. Sometimes maybe even with the straightest face. Maybe your mouth doesn't even, like, twitch. You're, but you're in your brain, like, in oh, your brain, yeah. you're like, what? That was funny. That was crazy. Oh, my God. I'm writing that down. Yeah. So, like, other people being around also helps, too. The influence of other people and other people's laughter. You almost feel like you then need to laugh out loud to let them know that was funny. Yes. Tell me. Tell me. Yep. So, uh, with that, I think we jump. Whoa. Calm. You all right? Calm down. Are you dismantling my set over here? Sorry, that was such a anticlimactic. <laughs> Keep going. Was it mantled properly? I don't know, but I put it back what I think is the right way. I trust you. Okay. You're a good craftsman. Yeah. All right, with that, I think it's timely time to jump into thing number two. Two, 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 two. Number two. Why do memories tend to be so positive? Now... I feel as though you're putting a subjective term on that. That's why I said tend. But that's your tend, because what about the people who have bad memories? I mean, we all have bad memories too, but I feel like a lot of times when we think back to... What is that? <laughs> Sorry, that was the microphone. Sorry. Oh, it's, it's, no, not, it's, not, it's not connected. It was clearly not... Okay, so it looks like your mantle job was not so good, actually. Yep, I agree. All right, well, Ryan, give me a... Example of your positive <laughs> memory. Can I discuss it after you're done actually fixing it? I'm not the... touching it anymore. Okay, there you go. For example, uh, when I, as well, I think a lot of other people, like when we think of our college memories, we always go right to the great times we had when it was like no cares and parties. And you don't think about how, oh yeah, I had $20 to my name. I had a project that hanging over my head all semester. I had a test I had to study for tomorrow. Like, a stupid paper to write. All this stuff gets lost when I remember college. It's strictly all the times okay. that were, you know. I'm ready. Awesome. Yeah, go. Jump okay. In. I think your memories act that way. I think you're accurate for a lot of people's memories that act that way. I'm going to go on a limb and say our brains are cameras. They're, they're uh, Polaroids. And you take snapshots and no one keeps bad pictures. Yeah. Because if you kept a bad picture, all it's going to do is bring up something you don't want to feel. Mm -hmm. And so y your brain takes a snapshot of a moment and it's like, what did we think of that snapshot? And you're doing this subconsciously. And it's like, wow, 
my endorphins are pumping. I'm so excited. I'm having the time of my life. Okay, we're going to put that snapshot over in the keep pile. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I'm sick to my stomach. I have diarrhea. I'm hungover. I hate this. Yeah, we're going to throw that one away. We don't ever want to feel that one again. I don't think I'm going to look at that picture. Yeah, because if we look at that picture, it's going to remind us. And then we're never going to get the keep pile again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think our brain is a catalog. And all it wants to do is put all the things that trigger happiness in the forefront and bury the other ones, which is why we have to get therapy, is to bring out those bad things so that we can be, you know, even keel people. For the most part, I think it's just because you want to remember the stuff that triggers endorphins, like makes you feel good. Wow. Somebody's angry. Angry. Yeah, they use horns for anger in America. In Vietnam, they use it just to let you know. Communicate. Yeah, yeah, they do. Exactly. Which is is almost like Morse code. It's more effective. We know sound right away. See, the one, the one sense that I would probably be okay if someone's like, we're going to take one of your five senses. You can pick, but we're taking it. I'm giving up sound. I don't want to... Uh, hearing... I would actually give up sound right now, too, because I wouldn't hear that fucking stupid <laughs> sports car that just raced down this corner. It's not even a straightaway. How did you even go through that quickly in this turn? Okay. You would really give up sound. I think so, because think about it. I don't want to give up sight. Yeah, no, I, I, need I, I could probably give up smell. Yeah, I would. Maybe yeah. I'd go smell then sound. And then what else we got? We got touch, I touch and taste. Things. I mean, yeah, it, you got to feel things. You got to taste things. You really got to see. things. Well, hey, let's think about this. If you gave up taste, you could actually have the healthiest diet ever because it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. You could literally get by it just eating mm-hmm. lettuce all the you time. You could just eat raw seaweed out of the ocean. Yeah, no I don't would, think that's never... the healthiest, but, you know, yeah, that's the idea. You could. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. That's it would right. be sad to see good taste go, but, like, if you had to give one up, hmm. I'd probably go smell, then taste, then hearing, mm. then... But I like eating. Yeah, no, I do, too. But, like, it what sucks sense? to give up anything. I also Ooh, like hearing things. Here's a good one. Put you should have made Put this, this in your pipe and smoke it. Uh... <laughs> What sense, be green. what sense brings back your memories you're so fond of? Which one triggers a memory the fastest? Hearing, okay, let's take it back hearing to memories. sight, smell. Because a smell, that'll get okay. me. Like, Ooh, that there are smells me. that totally bring me back to a certain time or place. And there's songs that'll trigger something? Songs do that? Absolutely. Pictures? Clearly. I would actually put songs above that. Yeah, I would have to say either songs, songs or a picture. I'd, I'd say pictures of things first, then a song. And then smell? Like, every time I hear, uh, this must be the place, I mm-hmm. go back to us mm-hmm. closing up shop at Shark's Cove. Because mm-hmm. that was always the first song that Jay would pl- put yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, man, see? Which I don't I think I... burned a memory into your yeah, brain. I don't think I even, like, made that that clear while I was playing, because there's a lot to go through in the intro. But basically, the reason that I played this must be the place at the beginning was because when we would close at Shark's Cove, we always had to turn off the music to get everybody out, and there was that weird shitty yeah. silent period of like some drunk person trying to linger and be yep. annoying and yep. we had to like can of, i close my tab yeah yeah did i close sh- it and we were sweeping and you know putting stuff away we just had to wait for that and then once everybody yeah. was gone and we'd like be like all right we finally locked up yep. cool jay would hit up the system and this must lights be the place. went down yeah, yeah this must be the place would hit the and that was when we all knew like all right now we're closing the music like, crack now. a beer Crack a little something to clean up. Let's yeah, clean yeah. Up. That was and that was when the uh, let us know that we were finally we'd crossed over third base and headed toward the hot the home food plate. from the kettle was coming shortly. 
Some uh, French onion soup. Yep. Somebody was Maybe some it. chicken yeah. fingers. Oh man, see? That's that's both taste and mm-hmm. smell memories. Mm-hmm. And sound. All of those things come into play right there. So good. Well, and you, again, we remember those as positive memories, right? Oh, of course, because I, I threw away the bad pictures. Exactly. How many of those times were we at the, the dealing with all of that stuff we just talked about, and in our head, if we went back at that point, we'd be like, Oh, someone puked all over the bathroom. Night, dude. Oh, man, this night sucked. Like, God, did you get see me the those, fuck like, out of here. I had to clean the floor 19 times. Why do I even still work here? I swear <laughs> to God, that thought, how many times would that thought go through your head every single night? Everything. Why the fuck do I still work here? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was a constant. So we look back and we always remember how fun everything was because yeah. we remember the good times. We remember that this must be the place moment. You know? Yeah, that's true. So ultimately, I think it comes down to the person. Uh, some people very, uh, tend to generate more towards their negative memories. I don't know. It might be a little bit of the, the you know mental what? stability that people have. Some people like generate towards what I'm was I'm going to call those people hoarders. They should throw away those negative memories. Throw away yeah. those pictures. Start keeping the other one. They're hoarding. Some people, I think, uh, to a degree, they they're almost like masochists. Like they yeah. like they like their things that get them upset. They like what riles them up, what brings negative feelings. Weirdly, have you ever met anybody or have been in that place before where you you don't want to let the pain go because it's the only thing you know? Mm-hmm. There's people like I know a lot of people like that. They're, they can't let the bad feelings go because it's what they have to cling on to. If I don't have these bad feelings to feel negative towards something, I don't have anything. There's a line I always love in Swingers, which Mm. is another subject Mm -hmm. that we wanted to discuss. Mm -hmm. We kicked it around. Uh, John Favreau's character, Mike, he is trying to get over an ex and the whole movie is about him kind of discussing how he can and uh, the the guy from Office Space, what's his name? Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. He says a great line when he says you feel the pain a little bit less and less and then at a certain point it just kind of goes away and in a weird way you almost start to miss it and he's like why would i miss that pain he's like it's because the same reason you miss her because you lived with it for so long yep and i think oftentimes that's what it becomes construed with is like when you're dealing with an ex or something and you have this kind of pain that you're dealing with to try to like get past them and everything and you you get a weird attachment to that because that's still the feeling that you have that connects to that person yep yeah exactly it's the last weirdly it's the last thing that goes mm-hmm. and you get sad about it because there's nothing left it's like yeah. that last grain of sand fell through the mm-hmm. the hourglass and it's like oh man it's gone no, I don't even yeah. have that yeah yeah, yeah. Speaking of gone, I gotta get gone shortly. I think you gotta do a grab bag or something for question three. <laughs> grab bag. It is out of the hat, sir. <laughs> that means it is time. Excuse me. Yeah, I, no, I you will. You will get it right. We. It, I do like anytime anybody uses grab bag. I actually, <laughs> I'm very fond of that reference. So I appreciate. It that. sounds rapey. But it, it does. That's why I decided to use the hat. But that means it is finally time for thing number three. And that means it's time. There it is. (laughs) You're a little slow on that one. That means that we are going to go. How's this work? Can I finish setting it up? (laughs) It's pretty self-explanatory. We're going to the hat. Hat. That means that I'm going to take this hat. Mm -hmm. I have several topics in here. Oh, it is a bear's hat. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. It's a clean bear's hat. Because it's not bear's colors, which I like. Uh, but this is what they're wearing around the NFL this year, right? That's right. Like, like solid color. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then right. I'll close my eyes. And... You, closing your eyes is optional. I'll make it, I want to make it real. All right. Yeah. I got one. All right. 
And you read it. I'll I'll do the honors. <laughs> this is okay. This is exactly the one that Jay has been pestering me about as a potential. Topic. Oh. Wait, I don't know which one because I gave you a couple of topics. Yeah, but this ago. is the one that was reoccurring every time we would discuss potential topics. <laughs> I'd be like, maybe I didn't tell him this one. <laughs> yeah, just like no, this, this is one. you. So much, which one? All right, what is your starting lineup yeah. of condiments? <laughs> yes, I love this one. <laughs> right? Okay, think. Jay's a big condiments guy. I love okay. condiments. Yeah, I'm a sauce. I'm a saucier. Yes. Uh, think baseball. Think starting lineup. You know, think. Um, I oftentimes like attributing things in life according to a baseball lineup because a baseball lineup is a great way. Like the the structure of it, unlike mm-hmm, any other sport, mm-hmm. it comes with so much strategy. Now, what I want to ask you, Ryan, are we playing American League or National League? Because I want to know if I'm putting my pitcher in the lineup or if I'm putting a DH. Anytime I'm setting a lineup, I go by American League rules because I think that ninth hitter is clutch. Okay, so. Do we want to just talk these through, or do we want to write them down? No, no, no. Just kind of take a break real quick. No, you got to make the lineup off the top of your head. You're the manager right now, and game starts in five minutes, and you just got to put it together real quickly. But you know your squad. You know what you're dealing with. So like, trust your trust your instincts. Lead off hitter for my condiment lineup: Mm -hmm. Green Cholula, the Poblano Jalapeno combo. You're using a combo hitter. Is that not a a combo hitter? Is he he, a switch hitter? Both sides. Poblano hits right. Jalapeno hits left. Okay. It's the green Cholula. I don't even know that I've encountered that, but it sounds spicy. It sounds... I equate it to having like maybe like a Francisco Lindor at the top of your lineup. Like, yeah, he's exactly. a he's a switch hitter. He's got multiple skill set. This is going he's on bases. This he's is going little, on. Got a little Latin flavor to him. Yes, this is going on breakfast, especially like a burrito or some sort of scramble. Okay. This is gonna go on a BLT. It's a mild spice with a real nice smooth pepper flavor. Not looking for a home run. I'm looking for just a little additive. I'm, I'm looking for a little leadoff single, maybe a walk. Just get me on base. Yeah, and then I don't cause need you trouble over- on the bases after that. Yeah, I don't need you to overpower my palate. Just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, that's a, that's a, I, I want that in my lineup. I do. Okay. Okay. Batting second. You brought this up earlier, and it's a real strong one. I, like, I really, really like it. Is a honey mustard. Yeah. But it's more of the... Subtle, smooth, not so much bite, honey mustard. So he he's gonna he's gonna probably sneak into a salad as a dressing. He could be mm-hmm. on your chicken fingers as, as a dip. So it's not just you know I'm in the second hole and I'm here to get on base because my my cleanup hitter he might hit you out of the park. I'm I'm feeling this is kind of like a, a Derek Jeter. Yeah, a little bit like yeah. very very comfortable in mm-hmm. the lineup. Like you know he won't let you down. But on the same time, like also a little bit of a jack of all trades. Like, exactly. I've had this before where you, you actually are eating a salad and it's such a subtle, light coating of honey mustard. You almost don't even know what dressing it is. Like, this is so nice. What is this? It's light. Yeah. Oh, you don't even know it's, it's there, mustard. but it's it's actually holding it all together. Again, very Jeterish. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Now, the the three hitter for me is going to be a combo. It's, it's a mix of two, but I feel those it's fair because... It's used on anything and everything. I'm a, I'm a mayo sriracha mix. A mayo sriracha mix? Mm-hmm. I like I to call it the spicy it. mayo. Okay, yeah. Okay, that uh, that does sound... That mm-hmm. rings more of a bell. Mm-hmm. Now, is it actually mayo mixed with sriracha? Yes. Or is it... It's, that's it? You that's just it. mix the two together? You're, yep. you're big on the combos. I do like the combo. A little bit of a cheat factory over there. Mm. Like, like, kind of... It's still a sauce. It's still a dip. It's still a spread. Like it, I feel as though it counts... But it has some power to it too, right? 
Now this one is made for dipping french fries, for smearing on a burger, for sushi. Oh wow. Spicy mayo, perfect for sushi. To me, it's a, it's not the heaviest hitter I have, but it's strong. It's gonna bat for average. It's gonna go across the border. It's gonna go red meat. It's gonna go fish. It's gonna go veggies. But when you started talking about uh, batting for average across the board and going well in sushi, I kinda wanna go Ichiro on this one. Ooh, I like it. It's my three, like yeah. And you know what? They they like to bat him at the top of the lineup, but he could definitely bat third. Oh, dude has power. He's, he can. He, he did. He, he can he, yank it out of the park anytime. He, he was wants. surprisingly powerful when he wanted to be. He just usually used his bat just to help the situation. Yep. Oh, I've yep. seen that. I've That's, seen him in batting practice. Ichiro is up. spicy mayo. I love that one. one. Okay. That's great. All right. That's a good lineup so far. I'm loving this lineup. I I do realize that I let off with two shortstops, but one of them can figure it Second out. Second base. Second or third, Easily. we'll see what goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, fourth, uh, uh, it's it's very similar. It's mostly ranch, but spicy ranch with a little sriracha ranch. You're using sriracha again? Well, I know it's sad. I can't, but it, it's it's ranch, but ranch is like played out. It's fucked out. You mm -hmm. put sriracha and ranch. Now we're talking pizza. We're talking yeah. burgers. We're talking raw vegetables. You're dipping a carrot. You're dipping broccoli. You're dipping collie. Little cherry tomato, that's going in spicy ranch for sure. Yeah. Everything goes in spicy, every single thing goes in spicy ranch. So it just kind of always works. It's just mean, kind of a place, the okay. The only thing that doesn't work in spicy ranch is fruit. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, it's more of an appetizer maybe if you're gonna use it, but you don't, yeah, unless it just happened to be like next to it on the plate. And in which case, it's not gonna ruin the group. Definitely not gonna ruin it, yeah. but I'm not grabbing a piece of melon and di dipping it in spicy ranch. All right, I think you're describing Mike Trout. Yes. I he, think that's Mike Trout yep. ahead and clean up right there. He's just a five tool, does it all. You can really put him in Name a food right now you think wouldn't go with spicy ranch. Cantaloupe. Well, I said fruit doesn't work. Okay. Yeah, then I got nothing. <laughs> I was ready to jump all over cantaloupe. I don't even like cantaloupe, so that that yeah, it gets rid of for me. You know what's funny is this is always how I felt about mashed potatoes. Like you could put mashed potatoes with everything outside of fruit. It just really kind of works. Like it's just an easy going. It's not too dominant. It meshes well. It's a like solid appetizer, side dish, whatever you need it to be. I will poke one hole in that. Cranberry goes really good with mashed potatoes. Cranberry sauce. Does it go good? Does it go good with ranch though? Or whatever you just said. Cranberry does not, but mashed potatoes do. So mashed potatoes are even stronger in the lineup then. But they're not a condiment. They're not right. a condiment. Okay, number five. Now this one's a little bit of a weird one. It's uh, This is the brand name, but for the most part, it's the sweet chili. Yeah. I love sweet chili. It's, it's Mayploy is the brand I like, but have you ever had the Asian wings over at North End? Probably haven't. Sweet chili oh, yeah, sauce yeah. is the J.D. Martinez. You go J.D. Martinez? Yeah. That's a Harley. I think that's a soft tail. Sounds like uh, probably 2000, 2008, 2009. Oh, no, that extra rev at the end sounded. <laughs> it was a solid 2012. So you say J.D. Martinez. I was almost going to go with like a, like a Vladimir Guerrero. Junior? Yes. Okay. No, no, no. The junior? or the? That's right. There's a second one now. Junior's in um, Toronto right now. He is. I like the Vladimir who used to play with the Expos with no gloves. That's know? his dad. Yeah, his dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, he, I love the way that guy, he would just swing, go after everything. He would yank a home run out of a ball that bounced on home plate. Mm -hmm. Almost like he was, that was his style. 
So I likened him to the sweet chili because it's kind of all over the place, you know? Like when you're gonna use a sweet chili, it's gonna be all over the place. It's almost like a messy operation, but ultimately mm -hmm. this is definitely gonna make this lineup better. Like this meal is gonna be vastly improved with the presence of this sweet chili. It's gonna get everywhere, but yeah, like let it in, land, land on my mashed potatoes a little bit. Like that'll work. Yes, it works. Let everywhere. that happen yep. too. The fruit that works really good with that one, pineapple. There is totally. a fruit that goes good with that. Yeah, one. so it even works in the fruit. Mm -hmm. The fruit likes to work against a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. That's why you usually need your own little like, fruit bowl. But yep. yeah. Not to be taken as like the sixth best because I do think a six hitter six is very hitter? important. But when I played baseball, I loved six. Maybe because like a manager liked to bat me there and he got me just like well, six, into it. He six described is like it. you're powerful and you're a decent hitter. But we want you to hit the cleanup guys in, in case they yes. get on base. There's that, and then this is what the manager who used to always bat me six got me on board with it. He's like, I need you to then be the second leadoff man. Yeah. After the cleanup guys, maybe like they strike out. Yeah. There's a good chance that they hit a blast, but they also might strike out. Then that next inning comes up, we need you to get it going again. You're the core to the second half of the lineup. Yes. And he said, love that. It's the sixth man yeah. of the lineup. Yeah. It's the sixth man of the NBA team. Like yeah, you're, yeah. you're so valuable. You, yeah, you, our starters are gonna get tired and we don't wanna miss a step. So you're gonna come in and you're gonna fill the void like as if they didn't even go out. Sixth is just, Hickory, maple, doesn't matter. You wow me with a good BBQ sauce, I'm in. I love barbecue sauce. I love barbecue potato chips. I love barbecue pizza. Wow me with your barbecue. Could be any kind of barbecue. I want barbecue in sixth spot. Mm. I'm gonna go with Ryan Howard for the barbecue sauce one. I was expecting more of like a leadoff type because I usually like a guy with a little bit more speed in my sixth spot, but I think of barbecue out of the six spot being a little bit more of a power spot, mm -hmm. which well, is another way to do the six spot. And then sometimes when you see a solid potential fourth hitter in the six spot, you're like, fuck this lineup's nails. And that's what barbecue is well, bringing to the table there. What we're talking about right now, we're talking about an all-star team. Yeah. Condiments are the all-star. This is the condiment all-star squad. That's right. how I should have like, yeah, yeah. named so it. It's not, time. like again, it's not that barbecue isn't an all-star. It's just... On this lineup right now, that's just where you land. He's batting six. He would yeah. usually be a fourth spot oh, easily, of a normal spot. Easily, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's batting seventh? Seventh is actually one of my favorite spots. I batted seventh in college my sophomore year. You're underrated. The pitcher yeah. always starts you out with a first pitch piped fastball. Mm -hmm. I love to hit the first pitch when I batted seventh. They were giving it to you. They think, I'm going to get ahead of this guy. He's in the seventh spot. He's got no pop. He's not going to catch me. I had so many leadoff hits batting seventh, swinging at the first pitch. That's a great strategy from a seventh spot. It's it. This one, it's, it's unique. It's definitely niche, but teriyaki sauce. Okay. Teriyaki sauce. That's my seven. Goes, it goes on a Hawaiian burger with a pineapple, wings, goyoza dumplings, sushi. Quietly, teriyaki goes on a lot more things than people give it recognition for, and that's seven. So under-recognized, it, it's under -recognized, but it's super versatile. It's versatile, and it just stands the test of time. Like It, it just does. always, it's always been there. Teriyaki's been around forever. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Ripken. I like it. Always in the lineup, always there. The he's Iron never Man. really like the, the main guy, and he's a notorious first-pitch jumper. It's, it's that like one he, sauce where people are like, this is really good. Yeah. What is that? Cal was usually not the best player on the team, but he was obviously there. He broke the record for most games played. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that means he needed to be in the lineup and he was doing something right. He was usually like an all-star who would bet like ninth on the all-star team. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
We're not asking for much other than just do your job, do it well, and don't look for the limelight. Yeah, wherever you're around, make that better. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good that's one. teriyaki. Okay. Yeah. Number eight, it's a traditional, it's got sauce in the name. It's the best at what it is, and it's just soy sauce. Soy sauce. It's going to beat you at its game, which is sushi. Yeah. And I eat a lot of sushi, so I feel as though in the eight spot, I need it because I eat so much sushi, I can't keep it out. Of the line. No, even when I get like store bought sushi, they give that little packet of soy sauce. Mm-hmm. I make every bit of that soy sauce every just drop. last yep. until everyone, because every one of those sushis need a little bit of soy sauce on there. So it's an all star based on the position. There's not a lot of good catchers out there. Yeah. So if you're the, the catcher's best, always eighth. It's got to be Pudge Rodriguez, or it's uh, Wilson, Wilson Contreras for the Cubs. Like, of course, you'd make a Cub happen. He, I was fighting the urge not to say uh, Ken Suzuki because <laughs> you were saying soy sauce. I already likened uh, Ichiro to the sushi thing earlier. I don't want to be too. I do love Suzuki because he was part of the national championship that I first came into college with at Cal State Fullerton. When I first went there, he was the stud of the team. He was the catcher. He was the catcher who batted fourth. How do you not love that? And he's still in the league to this day. I love it. So will it be either out Pudge Rodriguez or Kurt Suzuki? It depends how much of an all-star you want in this mm-hmm. spot. The catcher's got a bad eight, though. I like to always put him there. Because then I don't want a catcher batting ninth because you kind of want a little speedster on there at night. You know? Ninth is going to kind of shock you. I'm ready to be shocked, Jay. You know, it's controversial. I don't want it to be snubbed. I do enjoy it. It's not my favorite. And and I was. Gonna... Are you gonna make me back Kurt Schilling ninth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I no. Got... This is no pitch. This is an American League lineup. I I almost didn't want to put it on there, and I'm still, as I'm speaking, debating whether or not to put it on there. You know what? It sounds like you're talking about the Kurt Schilling of, of condiments. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna do a version of it. Number nine. You're gonna pull an audible or in the last number second? nine. Cocktail sauce. Oh, I see. Wait, so wait, that was what you didn't want, or are you? That's the one I I wasn't going to, but I'm thinking it through. And you're gonna let it happen. I'm gonna let it happen. Yeah, I've never been. Well, here's my thing with cocktail sauce: is there's only one thing it kind of goes with. It's trim. like that trim. Yeah. Or and, oysters. Yeah, I'm not even a big oysters guy. And it's something that will ruin most foods. Here's the thing: I eat a lot of seafood. I eat a lot of sushi. I I, I gave the tip of the cap to the soy sauce because you have to have it. And going through this, I'm thinking like, what do I love to eat? What do I order when I go out? Calamari, gotta have cocktail sauce. Battered shrimp, sweet chili sauce. Like I'm, That's how I'm going through to figure out exactly what it is that I want. And I think I like shrimp and oysters enough that cocktail sauce brings up my final okay. ninth hitter. But what I think the moral of the story is that ketchup did not make the lineup. Yeah, that's ketchup was, shocking. Ketchup was in the lineup with cocktail sauce. I would. I mean, I would. There's no way I would bat cocktail sauce over ketchup. I mean, like that's absurd. You're you're batting Willie Randolph over Barry Bonds right <laughs> no, now. Like no. I, you're you're putting Bonds on the bench. <laughs> yeah, he's a juicer. He's um, a... Yeah, no, exactly. In a thing that yeah, like people want to not. Okay, let's put ketchup in the Barry Bonds shoes. A lot of people like to hate on ketchup because it's like kind of a basic operation. It's not on its own. It doesn't leave you with a great taste, it's but it makes paste, everything vinegar and better. Corn syrup. So bad. But I grew up putting it on everything, and I'm still down to put it on everything. I don't even. I I try. I tend to find myself trying to fight my own like desire to put it on stuff. I what I like to usually cook. I cook for myself all the time, and I like to have these like what I term Trader Joe's meals. You know where I get all the frozen foods in the Trader Joe's section, and I put them all in a skillet, and I just heat them all up. 
And a lot of times I'm just like, I fight my desire to, and then I'm like, why am I fighting this? Let's just fucking put ketchup on all this. I, nobody else is looking. Nobody else is watching. Are you judging? Are no, you judging now me right we now? Now we are. Now yeah. we are. Yeah. We're now all looking. Okay, we got a shoulder. veggie patty. We'll have the risotto. We'll have those little uh, the gnocchi. You know, mm-hmm. have those. So many of these things, I'm just like, ketchup would go with this. Potatoes. No, the no, frozen potatoes. No, potatoes no, go no, great with ketchup. No, Jerry, you're no. gonna you're gonna tell me that potatoes don't go with ketchup now. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Oh man. Oh, you didn't answer the question, Jerry. Answer the question! <laughs> no. You don't put the potatoes on uh, ketchup together? Okay, you're using that as a very macro, broad question. No, because that's the last part you were saying no to. Nobody's me. putting ketchup on mashed potatoes. Have you tried it? No. It works. It's not the best thing to put on mashed potatoes. It's not the best thing to necessarily put on anything, but it works on so many levels, Jerry. I'm going to stick with... Uh... You need to switch to spicy ranch. Well, no, yeah, that's good, too. I mean, that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't... I would say there's more things I would probably put ketchup with than no. I would spicy ranch. Spicy know. ranch goes on pizza. Just ketchup? No, definitely. That's you for dip? sure the main thing that I would put spicy ranch on is pizza. I, no, I wouldn't put ketchup on pizza. Of course. Though. So it doesn't go with everything. Is it a breakfast pizza? So we I would put I would put ketchup on breakfast pizza. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, I didn't have a ninth batter for that. I'm going to like almost want to stick with Schilling. I know we talked about it being a American League team, but um, I just the whole... My runner-ups were uh, Worcestershire. That I wouldn't know what to do with. Dijon mustard? And now that I do know what to do with. Mm-hmm. That's like Kenny Lofton batting in the ninth slot right there. <laughs> the, the, lead, the leadoff man at the bottom of the lineup. That's poppy seed head. dressing. Okay. That Sesame dressing. Like a Chinese chicken salad dressing. Now I know why you were so eager French to discuss dressing. condiments with mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Thousand Island. I'm glad that I didn't give my lineup because mine would not have been nearly as refined as Jay's. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, no, there's so many sauces out there. There's a lot of good We didn't even talk about Chipotle, which is gross. <laughs> the restaurant or the sauce? The sauce. Okay, yeah, because they both are gross. Mm. I'll give you that. Oh, we didn't even talk about the breakfast sauces. I can't believe The honeys, the I, maple syrups. I'm blown away that you put cocktail sauce over all these other sauces that you're naming. You're sticking with it? You're going to stick to your guns? Yeah. I can see in your face that you don't want to, but now it's a pride thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not better than all these other I would probably ones. swap out honey for cocktail yeah, sauce. Now that you remember that it's yeah. there, that's what I'm saying. And that well, because I was that, thinking, like, now you could put, like, chicken and waffle as a meal. Sure, and, and in terms of the, my lineup... Syrup. And in terms of my lineup statement, you just swapped out Kurt Schilling for Kenny Lofton. So from a lineup standpoint, yeah. it's pretty good. It's yeah, I should have went with the sweet and savory in this lineup. Instead, I went with all savories. Because you know maple that, syrup would have been hella good in that lineup. That's the kind of thing that loses penance, Mr. Mm-hmm. Damn. Sometimes it's short-sighted. That, one, that one little so lineup So short-sighted. Change. Sometimes, you know? Sometimes the manager decides to sit Jock Peterson in games one and two, and that's all <laughs> it took. You know? That was the difference maker in the whole series. Go yeah. Dodgers! That was fun, buddy. Thank you. All right. I think with that, we have a solid lineup that uh, would really make any meal better. I feel like (laughs) any meal is a home run Mm -hmm. with the Jay Miller lineup. So go ahead and run to the grocery store and put that lineup together if you are one that cooks or hungry in any way. Make your meals an all-star. A quick thank you to our sponsors tonight, DoorDash. Use coupon code uh, LOCKITIN. Uh, no, that's not this show. We're on a different show. <laughs> no, that was the other show. Use coupon code Angry Orchard to get your first uh, delivery for free. That's, Try it. Uh, DoorDash.com and use the app. Maybe that's how I get my first sponsor. All they need to do is hear it. This episode is sponsored by Angry Orchard. <laughs> Come out and play. <laughs> three, three, three. Three things that we have talked about. So uh, with that, I'm going to let Jay go because he has to wake up 
Yeah, it's way past his bedtime. He has to wake up at like three in the morning, which is in like just a couple hours. So I appreciate you coming all the way out here. I appreciate you. All the way down the block and talking three things with me. <laughs> and then talking nine condiments with me on behalf of Jay, on behalf of Ryan Castle, on behalf of that loud sports car that is constantly driving around my block. Is he just circling the way? I think he is. He knows what time I record my podcast <laughs> and uh, he's doing it to fuck with me at this point. So, uh, Appreciate that, good sir. On behalf of everybody in top of the castle tower, we're looking at Hermosa Beach. Y'all have a great afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you're at. And we are out of here.